0: Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Becca. Thanks so much for joining us today. Before we begin our time of prayer and reading, whether you're in the car on your commute or in your bed before the end of the day, just take a moment to be still, and be aware of God's presence with you, wherever you are. Now take some time and just tell the Lord where you're at. If it's the beginning of the day, you might have things on your mind. If it's the end of the day, you may be feeling really tired. Um, Just share with him what you're thinking and feeling. Spend some time as well in gratitude and just reflecting and thanking him for all that he's done, is doing, and will do. a prayer for aid against attack. Lighten our darkness, we beseech you, O Lord, and by your great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this day. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Father God, I pray that as we hear your words in scripture, that you would open our ears to hear from you. God, that you would give us humble and soft hearts um, for your spirit to instruct us, um, to convict us. Thank you that we know you will show us more of who you are and show us more of who we are. And God, just give us a clarity on next steps with you. In light of the truth we read today, would you lead us into your kingdom? Today's reading is in Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, He shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not a man. The Holy One in your midst and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, if you've been following us in Hosea, this chapter is quite refreshing, um, full of hope. We just finished the section um, that has explained all of Israel's unfaithfulness and why they have been unfaithful. It's expressed their hypocrisy. It's also gone into detail of God's punishment, all the consequence for their rebellion. But we can remember from the first three chapters of Hosea's personal story that the unfaithful one will be brought back. Just as Hosea paid Gomer's debts and brought her home, we know that God will, in his compassion, pursue and renew his covenant again with Israel. So here in chapter 11, we see that beautifully depicted in a story of God as a loving father whose son rebels. It seems as the more the father pursues, the more the son wants to leave. We also hear of God's anger and the consequences for the son's rebellion. But then in verse 8 through 9, we see a tenderness and a compassion. He says his heart recoils within him. His compassion grows warm and tender. He will not execute his burning anger. He will not again destroy Ephraim. And then in verse 9, for I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst and I will not come in wrath. This verse, I think, is amazing. Um, The whole chapter tells us so much of God's character, but this phrase right here that he is God and not a man, he is the holy one in our midst, just really stands out to me. I'm just really thankful that it's pretty clear here that God is not a man, because we know that from this story, This is not a human response. Generally speaking, compassion and tenderness is not born from stories of being taken advantage of, rejected, or turned away from. So I'm definitely thankful that God is not a man, that He is God. He is different from us. And it reminds me of a verse in Isaiah 55, that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I'm also really thankful of the reminder that God is holy. If he is holy, it means he exercises both perfect judgment and perfect mercy. If he's holy, it means that he cannot sin against us. Recently, some of us women gathered and got to hear the teaching um, at the If Gathering virtually. And it was this really sweet time of fellowship and just being spoken over so many truths of God's words. And um, one of the speakers was sharing on God's holiness and his nature as being pure, as being sinless. And one thing that really stuck out for for me as I was listening, um, and I just wrote this down, so I wanted to read it. That when I don't believe he is sinless, I project the natural potential to be sinned against. Therefore, I don't obey, repent, or submit. So again, it just it really stuck out to me from Hosea because it's been on my mind. Um, just in that sense that if I truly believe that God is holy, then I can trust that he has good for me. He does not have the potential to sin against me. But when I don't believe that he is sinless, I begin to fear that my obedience or repentance or submission could end in hurt against me because I'm used to being hurt by sinful people. But I love here that we know that we can trust in a God who is holy in his nature and his character as pure. Even again, as we've been reading in 1 Peter um, on Sundays, a lot of the idea of submission and obedience has come up for me there. And I have really realized that so often I am fearful to step into submission because I'm afraid that it's going to be hurtful, that it's not going to be good for me. So here in Hosea, it's just another reminder in this area of my life that I can grow in trust towards a God who is holy. And when I see him as holy towards me, as who he is, I am compelled to obey, to repent and submit. So I'd like to encourage you to ask that question. Where in your life are you maybe afraid to obey or repent or submit for fear that you can't trust his holiness towards you? Said differently, where in your life would a great trust in God's holiness towards you compel you to obey, repent, or submit. Father God, thank you um, that you are holy. Thank you that you are God and not a man. Therefore, your responses towards our unfaithfulness are not one of human nature. That your tenderness and compassion are warm towards us. God, we know that there are consequences for our rebellion against you. Yet we know that we can obey, repent and submit to you because of your character as being holy, that you are sinless, God. I pray today as you reveal those areas where we are um, needing to grow in trust of your holiness, that by your spirit, you would grow and change our hearts To be able to step into those areas of obedience, repentance, and submission as children who are dearly loved, whose debts have been completely paid, and by a Father who is tender and compassionate even in the midst of our unfaithfulness towards you. God, through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.